The Green Divas get to talk to so many inspiring people, who each in their own way is helping us find a deeper shade of green. Here's just one of them. Enjoy. Leah? Megan? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm so excited to finally get you on the show. Oh, I'm so, so excited to be a part of it. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, this is Leah Mayer. I'm just going to um, repeat myself because we were running a little late and I apologize. Leah Mayer is the founder of Taking Root, which is uh, um, all about ecotourism. Yes. And, of course, part of what you're doing is eco, uh, you know, farm tours, right? That's right, yeah. Actually, uh, Leah, hi. This is uh, Green Diva Mizar. What's really impressive is is now that I hear your voice, the fact that we attach doctor to your name is Thank you. very, very overwhelming. But, you know, kudos for that. Um, I, I, my first question right out of the shoot is when you talk about ecotourism and agritourism, what is it that inspired you to do this? I mean, you saw what was happening and... Well, as you know, a lot of the themes of my work have focused on the connection between people, food, and the environment. My, um, you know, the doctor that you attached to my name. It, my most of my work has been in anthropology, and one of the one of the things that I learned when I was doing field work in Man- Mongolia was that food had a really amazing and powerful way of connecting people. And I was working with two different, very different populations in Mongolia and in um, and looking at U.S. tourists and how they connected with their new place and their new way of being. And cooking together and eating together, especially um, eating dumplings and cooking dumplings, became this really important focus of my work. And I really began to feel like food had a very powerful way of connecting people to each other, um, but also obviously connecting people to the land. And right you are. I mean, um, I think it's, it's really exciting work. Yeah, but you know what, in, in doing this research and in doing this work, Leah, um, that was in Mongolia, but what do you see happening here locally, say in the United States or in pockets of the United States, um, that that uh, has led you to really um, take a very active role in trying to save some of these sustainable uh, farms and other places of agriculture? That is a great question. You know, um, I think one of our biggest food challenges is that, you know, food has become a highly devalued commodity in the industrial world. It's all around us, and yet we've really lost touch with the value and the importance of our food, how to buy it, how to prepare it, what different foods are and where it comes from, how it's grown. You know, in the 1800s, almost 90% of the U.S. population lived on farms. And today, it's just around 1%, with only 20% living in rural areas. Wow. Um, Carolyn Steele, who wrote the book Hungry City, has this really funny quote where she says, you know, we stuff ourselves with chicken without a single thought, but if we were locked in a room with a chicken and a sharp knife, we'd have all starved. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to start so right. coughing, because that <laughs> is, is funny. It's so true. It's, it's well, so right, and certainly I would I would starve as well. But taking root really set out to connect people to their food, and we started doing these farm tours and excursions, and we would eat this fabulous food after spending a whole day working on a farm, getting dirty, um, putting a little elbow grease into making our food, 
And the, the hope was really that people working on farms and connecting in this way, leisurely, would forge a deeper connection to the food and allow people to make better decisions for as consumers, um, but also as community members and policymakers. You're in Connecticut, right, Leah? I am. After a long time living in New York City, <laughs> I've moved to the rural areas of Connecticut. Okay. but And, and that's where you're doing your ecotourism, or do you have other uh, locations? I work all over the Northeast, actually. So I go up as far as Vermont, um, but I, I've worked in, on farms in New York City, or no, I'm sorry, in New York State and New Jersey, um, all the way up into Vermont. So okay. a lot of the work I'm doing is in Connecticut, but, but we really focus on the Northeast. Well, I have to ask you about Vermont. Have you ever gone up to Knoll Farm? I haven't. Tell okay. me about it. Okay. I did farm camp. See, I went to farm camp. Um, <laughs> that's what my daughter my daughter named it farm camp. But it was uh, the Dodge Foundation had sent a bunch of New Jersey eco-environmental types to, um, to ponder the problems we were having with, with certain things, uh, e- environmental issues in New Jersey. And they sent us to farm camp, which I thought was very forward-thinking. And, uh, you know, and, and the whole thing is set on, on a working farm. And we would hike up to the top of the mountain. They had a yurt, and we would meditate and dialogue. A yurt? A big yurt, Mm -hmm. yes. And then we would meditate and dialogue. Then we'd go down and do some work around the farm and various things having to do with farm life. And then we would eat every meal in this giant, beautiful barn. And it really, the setting was so conducive to, to thinking about the earth, the food, uh, the importance of of protecting these things. Leah, where do you think the disconnect came? Because obviously Meg brought up a good point. She she had a she put a value on where her food came by doing this farm camp. But where and when do you think societally, all like nationwide or what have you, where did the disconnect come from and why? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. And, you know, one of, one of the things I think about a lot is, you know, it, I think it probably happened over time, but I do know that from working with farmers, you know, all over the, the Northeast, I think, and also working with, you know, general lay people who aren't farmers, um, we, we have this view of the farmer as an old guy kind of wearing overalls and a straw hat, someone who was, you know, a little outdated and, you know, kind of um, doing something of the past. And we don't think so much, probably because food is so readily available and we don't have to work for it very hard anymore. You know, we just don't make that connection um, as easily. You know, when I, when I lived in Mongolia, we actually had to walk and drag water over to, um, to our, our, the village and the yurt that we were staying in. And it really, again, it forged this whole new idea of, of how most communities really work for food and water. But, you know, I think because it's so readily available in the grocery store and we, we actually throw so much of it away that oftentimes we don't really, like, make that deep connection of, of how much work it is and how, how it comes from, you know, work and land and, and a lot of effort. So okay. okay. I think there's, yeah. No, I was just going to say, first of all, I think everybody should spend a week in a yurt. I think that's part of the. Part I, just, of the I just want to put that getting on my reconnected. Resume. Lived on a yurt. Lived in a yurt. Yeah, I did. I stayed yeah. in a tent and when I was at farm camp, but I also, I had done some writing about this on my own when I was thinking back to being a child in the, sixties and seventies, um, <laughs> when we were at that point in our you know, con- country's cultural revolution or evolution, we were all about throwaway. 
quick convenience, plastic, throwaway. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there were TV right. dinners, and it was, like, really exciting if you could just, like, you Never know, had heat one, up this, this TV dinner thing or whatever. I mean, people were looking for convenience. And so, in my mind, like, a chicken, to me, was, like, came in a little foam thing <laughs> wrapped in plastic, right? I went, As right. soon as I realized what it was, I was like, wait a minute, I don't want to eat that chicken. I don't want to eat th- that's not right it's got eyeballs it it squawks it runs around i can't eat that right it has a heartbeat is what um, you're saying and i think more and more kids you know up until the last few years when we've started to talk about this topic more and more um you know their, their things come out of a box they don't come from a farm they're they, you know eggs or uh, whatever i i yeah leah this might resonate with you going back to what what megan said in the 1960s <laughs> my mother came from europe in 1957 and the only fresh vegetables she could buy were uh, maybe iceberg lettuce, and everything else was canned or processed. So my parents put a garden in as soon as they moved to the Burbs, and I've been eating fresh garden food forever because now I do my own garden. But um, that's pretty. Uh, it, it's a sobering thought that people relied on TV dinners and canned peas. <laughs> yeah, no wonder. Well, let me ask you something, Leah, because this, uh, this is really interesting for, uh, for our listeners. You get a lot of feedback or fulfilling comments or or about the experiences that people have that really have a lasting impact on them. Tell us about a couple of those. Well, you know, it, the, one of the things that people I found really enjoy is just meeting farmers and talking to, talking to farmers. And, you know, I think that, like I said, we have an image of farmers as being kind of old guys who, <laughs> who aren't really in the, in the day-to-day. But I, I oftentimes find that what... What people come back with is usually like, um, you know, people will come back with different products that we that we are making, like cheeses or, or you know, I've done wine tours or oyster tours, and they they gain a huge appreciation for the food itself, hmm. but also for the story behind the food. Yeah. You know, knowing that someone actually cultivated it. Um, we did an oyster tour not so long ago, and you know, the the people who were on the tour were shocked to know that oysters take years. To be of edible size, or and same with uh, with a lot of products, it actually takes you know years to develop um, a lot of the, the food that we eat. Certainly not the vegetables, but some of the other stuff. And and there's a lot of appreciation that comes from understanding that or being a part of it. Or you know we did we went up to Shelburne Farms as well and oh, did yeah. a cheese making tour. And I don't know if you guys have ever made cheese, but it's a little smelly, <laughs> and it's um a lot of hard work and so the cheese that you know we've come to kind of you know have in our refrigerators and and think of as pretty normal day-to-day stuff you know when you're really like standing over you know 500 gallons of milk watching it turn into cheese it's a really different experience it's like megan was saying it, it almost can't you almost can't help but let it change the way that you think about a product leah i can't imagine um you being negative in any way, and you said that people have this appreciation. But on the flip side, are there naysayers, and what do they say to you when you when you approach whomever with this idea of eco and agri tourism? Yeah, yeah, that's a funny. That's a great question. You know, I I feel like right now maybe we're just in a really good time. We're kind of riding the wave of the local food movement. There's a lot of energy around local food and people are, are surprisingly interested in it, especially folks in, in urban environments. Um, some of the hard stuff that comes in, though, is that, you know, when you take people to visit a farm, 
sometimes it's really hard to just remind people that you're on a farm. It's a business. It's a working farm. And so, you know, they can uh, they can be hard places to visit because they can be really loud and there's machinery and, um, and there's, you know, a lot of different smells that people aren't used to. There's a lot of hard work that people aren't always used to. And so it's definitely a little bit of an adjustment for folks who are used to going on maybe a different kind of vacation to go on a tour that's all about working on a, a you know, on a working farm in a business. Um, so, and then I think the other thing that's, that's oftentimes a little bit alarming for people is that, um, you know, like I said, people have an idea of a farm, of a farm and a farmer being kind of old school. And so when, when you see new technologies and you see people who are really, you know, up to date, it can be a little bit of a shock. And you think, wow, I didn't expect, you know, this farmer to be, you know, this young, 25-year-old guy who uses his iPhone in, you know, in production. Well, how about how about the all of the women getting Have you have you heard of this book? It's called Farmer Jane. And there's a yeah, lot of I've heard of it. I yeah. haven't read it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it. I I'll I'll do it. We'll do it. We're going to do a review. I think Green Diva Gina is going to work on that because I'm I want to read the whole thing, but it's in the pile, you know. Um Now, I want to ask you about Farm Aid because you you know I don't know if you've ever been to Farm Aid, if you were going this year. It's up in Saratoga, I think. No, I didn't. You know, I haven't. It hasn't been on my radar. Well, the only reason I thought of it is because when you were talking about how interested people are ultimately in meeting the personalities, meeting the farmer, and understanding that this stuff, you know, it's a lot of work. It's it's not not for everybody, and um, they're kind of our thankless heroes for you know foodies and. Uh, this is what Willie Nelson and Dave Matthews and, and John Mellencamp, that's what they're doing. And every every year, we we sponsored it in 2007, and it was just a blast to meet all these guys. Michelle Nishan, who I know you know from Connecticut, from the dressing room, um, he was there that year. And, it, and they always highlight farmers, small family-owned farmers. And they actually get farmers on the stage, and they talk to people. You know, and I, I just, it's very similar. And in, in, I was just curious if you were going this year because it's in our region. I'll definitely look into it. Thanks, I, and thank you for that. And I, I do, I love this idea of uh, farmers being the thankless heroes of our food. That's a great <laughs> line. Uh, well, I'm so glad you fought. we got a chance to talk, and there's probably a million other things we could talk to you about, and we will talk to you more. Um down the line so let's stay in touch great thanks so much thank you have thanks, a great Leah. day thanks Leah bye bye hope you enjoyed that as much as they did please visit thegreendivas.com that's T-H-E greendivas.com for more fun podcasts and information on the Green Divas and low stress ways to live a deeper shade of green